Cubs, Cubs, cave parties. Everybody's in for giving back to those in need. We're going to Club 400. Club 400. We're going to Club 400. Club 400. We're going to Club 400 Radio. All right. All right, here we go. Club 400 Radio, what is going on? We got another awesome event here at Club 400. (laughs) All right. Just in case you don't know who this is, you should, because he's been here twice. Ray Burris. And he'll be here a whole lot more, I hope. That's right. Ray Burris was born in Idabel, Oklahoma. That is correct. Remember, we are trusting Cub Wikipedia here. So, Uh, Shout out to Wes Jameson, who's a friend of ours who started Oklahoma Cub Fans website. He played for the Chicago Cubs, the New York Mets, the Montreal Expos, the St. Louis Cardinals. And that was just the National League. He also played for the New York Yankees, the Oakland A's, and the Milwaukee Brewers in the American League. He had a tough decision. He does have a tough decision on which hat he's going to wear when he gets to the Hall of Fame. Cubs! Cubs! Cubs? Club 400, dude. Club 400. All right, perfect. Ray is currently the rehab pitching coach for the Phillies. And... His well-traveled playing career lasted from 1973 to 1987. He is one of the nicest players to ever grace Club 400. Ooh. Ray Burris. Nice. 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 I'm going to second that. I'm going to tell you something. We met Ray. I met Ray for the first time last year when Billy Buckner came out. And uh, I'll tell you what, Ray is one of those people who you meet who you immediately like. You know, he's got that aura around him. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, when it, he tonight, he's the reason why we're out here. To be honest with you, uh, Brian Freeze too, a big buddy of mine, he uh, who's good friends with Ray, said, "Hey, uh, Ray's coming to town." He, he said, "Let's do something at Club 400." So I'm like, "Definitely, no doubt about it." So uh, Ray, thank you very much. All you guys are here because of this guy's. He's a genius, you know. He's like, "Let's let's throw a party at Club 400 on January 5th." That's why we're here. Thank you very much, Ray, for doing that. I appreciate you. You're awesome. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate all of you guys being here. Um, two weeks before I was going to get on the plane on January the 2nd, I'm a Weather Channel enthusiast. <laughs> and I was watching Tropical Storm Ebony. And in my mind, I thought Ivory was going to follow. <laughs> So I'm watching the the havoc that Ebony was posing on the country from the Midwest to the Northeast, Minneapolis, all the way through the snow, the ice, the rain, the tornadoes, all the work. So I'm thinking, Lord, I don't need to get stuck in Chicago. And, you know, I kind of panicked a little bit, just so you know, you know, but it's always a pleasure to be here because. Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, it's his fault. I didn't invite it back. I didn't worry. <laughs> As I was saying before I was rudely interrupted, um, the, the, the warmth that we receive, when I say, say the word we, I'm talking all of the 
stars who are here, the talent that's here, as well as you, the fans. There ain't no talent here. I appreciate that. And we all think a certain way about ourselves. I think maybe highly of myself than Joe Pepitone. But that's okay. We love him anyway. <clears throat> so as, as, as we go through this part of our life, our playing career is over with. And to be able to share stories with you, to share stories and hear stories that maybe we have forgotten, and, uh, and hear the laughter and the joy and the love of you as fans and we as players during our tenure. Uh, it, it's pretty rewarding because for me, it's therapeutic. For Joe, I don't know what it is. I might think completely opposite than the way he thinks. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm makes the kidding. world go round. Yeah. Oh. William, uh, we have two more guys that just joined this conversation. Let, let, let's do the uh, intro Can here. I get a drink, please? <laughs> Kendall Vodka, thank you, honey. Robin. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. Ray, I'm really sorry to interrupt you, but you know, you've always been a good guy through your career. I have nothing else to say about you. You're a good man. You're a good man. When you start talking like Randy Huntley, you ain't a good man no more. <laughs> All right, we want to know if any of this is. I wouldn't even do we ask questions now. Sit no, down. No, will no, you? no, I'm introducing you. Jesus. Formal Jesus. introduction. Jesus. Joe Papatone was signed by the New York Yankees oh, in 1958. Oh, Jesus. The Brooklyn native broke into the majors in 1962. Oh, Jesus. Where legend has it that he had spent his $25,000 signing bonus, which is $217,000 in today's That's a lot dollars, of money then. I spent it in the On week. his way to spring training in Florida. He'll fit real well here in Club 400. He won a World Series ring and Rookie of the Year that season. In 1970, he was traded from Houston to the Cubs, where he replaced the great Ernie Banks at first base. He remained in Chicago until 1973, where he was traded to the Atlanta Braves. Take it easy. Where Hank Aaron used Joe's bat and cleats when he tied and broke Babe Ruth's home run record. <laughs> so that's why I'm in the Hall of Fame? Because he wore my cleats. You know what? You know, do me a favor. Don't say another word. You go sit down. I'll be Jesus happy. Christ! We get, I'll introduce these people. You, I mean, you talk a bad. You talk a bad shit here, man. You know. I mean, why? I gotta be remembered for cleats. I had good years, man, when I came with the Cubs, Ray, and I, you know that. I know that. We had some fun together, yeah. and that was my boy over here. He had to follow me all over the place, Randy, to make sure I get to bed on time. <laughs> Randy became the biggest alcoholic by doing that. <laughs> and he, he got lucky a few times, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you got to hear him making love. He said, give me the cricket, gushed on it, and then boomy bop, and... <laughs> You're good, man. I like that. You hit it from the other room. It gets you excited. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm, I'm talking free because I'm out of my state. <laughs> I'm going back to Brooklyn tomorrow where I can get away with this stuff. <laughs> well, anyway, I want to introduce my buddy, my, my friend, my... Uh... <laughs> What's the matter? What's the matter, Ray? We got a problem? <laughs> Randy. What? Mr. Randy Huntley. I'll tell you what, Randy came out here two years ago and uh, I gave him a check for $1,000 for me and Eric go to the fantasy camp. 
obviously, if you haven't heard about Randy's camp, it's going to start in about three weeks right now. It's the greatest experience if you're a Cub fan from all time. He is the inventor of the fantasy camp. And uh, I'll tell you what, I've you know gotten to know Randy pretty good. We had a great time in uh, Mesa, Arizona at his camp. And... Uh, I'm, this guy is one of the best, and I'm so happy he came out here tonight just to hang out with you guys. Let's get it up for Randy Hunley, man. Thank you. Peppy, I want you to tell this story. <clears throat> that bum, I don't even know where to start. I'm sitting on a plane one day just like this. Peppy comes up to the seat. It gets, you know, back in my face. He says, you know, I'm never going to fool around again in my life. <laughs> the stewardess walks by and he grabs a lot. Hey, baby, why don't you come with me and... Look at him. He's acting like he, he's acting like it didn't happen. He knew he. He said, "Hey, baby, won't you come with me and go out on the lake? And I, I have a nice big boat, and we'll play around a little bit." She says, "Well, let me think about it." And that was it. And he, he just told me, "I'm never going to play around again." I'm thinking, "What the crap's wrong with him?" I don't know why he would like Peppy. What the hell she <laughs> Tell a story when we went to Scottsdale that one time. What happened? I, I don't know. We get to Scottsdale, and I'm telling you, he chased every lady that he saw walking. I needed love. I needed love. I didn't get it from my managers. I didn't get it from my teammates. I needed love, so any way I could find it. <laughs> right, Robin, where are you? Right, Robin? What <laughs> oh, a great girl. And it, but, but then we, we get to the hotel. We have adjoining rooms, and we have the blooming door between his room and my room. And I... Tell the truth hear this blooming ruckus going on in the other room. Oh, man, no, no, no. no I, don't tell it right like it is, man, man. You know? I'll tell you what it was about. Randy Huntley had to orders to follow me from Leo, get Peppy in early. You know, he, he's, his wrist is a little tight from the motorcycle. You know, you got to be get Peppy in early. So he's following me, so he roomed, they roomed Randy next to me. I don't want to tell you what happened, but <laughs> well, I'll tell you what happened. Lucky that night, you know. What I mean? You don't mind me saying that. I happened to get lucky that night, so I'm, I'm on the front of my bed. I'm just hugging this girl, and she said, "Put the mirror down." So I put the mirror down. All of a sudden, I hear, and the door started opening from his room, and I see this eye come looking through the door, and he goes like this: "Move the mirror." <laughs> now. They tell him to watch me. And he goes like this. All of a sudden, I move the mirror. And I hear, open wide. And his whole head comes through. And he goes, that's a true story. That's why I love Randy Huntley. That is a true story. That actually happened. 
And we're here to live and tell about it. I'm huh? sorry. Yeah. I don't know how. Anybody here, I apologize. that don't like to hear stuff like that. I'm sorry. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> All you bad people who like that shit, I got more to tell you. Stay around. <laughs> right, man? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> One day, I walk in the clubhouse... Leo says, oh, Randy, come here. Say something about Ray Boris. No, don't say nothing. You've got to go to church tomorrow. He take, Leo takes me up to his office. I walk in. I'm shucks. I'm afraid I've been traded or something. Turns me right around. He says, come here. Let me show you something. Walks outside his door, and there sits this big, long motorcycle. He gets in the clubhouse about 7 in the morning, parks that blooming motorcycle right outside of Leo's door. He says, this is why Pepe's not hitting. He's riding this motorcycle, and his hands are getting tired because he's doing this all night long. He said, now, I'm going to call a clubhouse meeting right after BP. And I want you to go and tell Pepe to just sit there and keep his mouth shut. I walk around this blooming clubhouse, all that I know about the clubhouse, Pepe, Pepe, where are you? Pepe, and all of a sudden I hear this roar come up from the upstairs potty. I found a room that nobody ever knew about. Nobody ever was up in this area. And Pepe's back there. <coughs> I was getting high. It was. I was smoking a joint. And all of a sudden, I hear, Pepe, what the hell did that smell? And I said, well, you I've got the... Come in here, Randy, and try this. <laughs> What the hell is that, you blooming idiot? <laughs> I've got to stand outside this blooming door, and I don't know what I'm smelling. I don't know what the crap is going on. And all of a sudden, I see this big puff of smoke go up, and I said, oh, crap. Blooming. I said, now, I tell him about Leo's going to call a meeting, and you just sit there and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> you tell Leo, I said, to go... Yeah, I can't say those words. So now, here comes the meeting. Leo's ripping everybody in the clubhouse. And finally, as Leo always would do, he would say, Now, does anybody have anything to say? And I look down at Pepe, and here he goes. He's standing up. Well, Leo, Ralph Houck never treated his players like you're treating us. I'm thinking, holy cow. That blooming pot is talking now. I said, I said, listen, Ralph Houck knew how to guy, pat the guys in the ass, and the guys had a kick in the ass. And Leo just looked at me, and he says... God damn you, you're a bum, you're nothing, you have to, I got you here, I don't know what, this is like that, I says, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd already warned him to just sit there and keep his mouth shut. I could not. Then, then Mill Pappas stands up and says something, didn't make any sense. <laughs> and then, and then Leo turns like he's standing here and he turns just a little ways and there sits Sano and he says, "And well how about you Ryan Sano 
you just negotiated to have a Ron Sano day, which was coming up two weeks later. In front of everybody. We in front of all the players that we all what are you talking about, Leo? We <laughs> couldn't believe it. He went nuts. <clears throat> Sano jumps up and he's going to charge after Leo. <laughs> Ernie, Billy Williams, and Beck grab Sano to hold him back because he would have killed Leo. He said, his, it, Leo says, hang on a minute. Gets over here on the phone and he calls John Holland. He says, John, come down here in the clubhouse. About five minutes later, he comes down. He said, now, John... Didn't Sano negotiate a Ron Sano day? We're all looking at one another and saying, what the crap? And I didn't start all of that. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> John Holland's adjusting his tie, and he's... <clears throat> Leo says, John, did he say that? He said, well, uh, Leo, yes, he did. He asked for a Ron Sano day. I'm telling you what, we all but fell out of our seats when we heard that. It was the all-time big league meeting in a clubhouse by one team. I'll guarantee you no other team had a meeting like this. And it all started because a Randy Huntley came into the place where I was smoking a joint. <laughs> <laughs> And it all went right from there. It started with Ron Sano and all that shit. I didn't play for about two weeks. He benched me, that son of a gun. <laughs> Randy Huntley started that shit. I'm telling you. Peppy, you are, you are the world's best. I love it. Yeah. I know you do. Yeah, but see, the thing you tell on, more lies than you can hold even Hold on, hold on. Ray wants to say something. But see, the thing about it, when he, when we, say, when he say came... Say what you got to say. I am going to say it if you stop poking me. <laughs> <laughs> I could hit this guy. When Pepe came to the Cubs, you remember earlier he was talking about it was the greatest thing that ever happened to him. Oh, yeah. Pepe wore a toupee. Hairpiece. Hairpiece. A wig. A wig. <laughs> Fifty people here don't know that. Fake hair. <laughs> he would, now, I was trying tweet, to make a, I Can, can make I that, tell the story? I was trying to make that broad Can I tell the story? Can I tell the story? I told you, you can't put a hand Can I tell the story? It's a wonder. Leo should have put his fist no, in bullshit. your mouth. Anyway. <laughs> Give me my check. I want to go. <laughs> Where's the bartender? Bring me up. Anyway, he would take a roll of toilet tissue oh, and put his toupee, fake hair, wig in his locker on a freaking roll of Wait toilet tissue. Wait a minute. Hold tissue. on. Hold on one second. Oh, he didn't forgot hold that. Hold on a second. Oh, hey, that's no, amazing. No, the older no, you no, get, your no, memory gets no, short. No, no, so we would take No, I went to the guys that had no hair, like Kim. <laughs> And put it on him to hold and pin it once in a while. <laughs> what kind of shit is that? I'm trying to make some of these broads. Why are you doing this? <laughs> are you done? Uh, Happy, I'm telling you what. You hit me one more time and I'm going to be like Mike Tyson on your jaw. <laughs> anyway. It'd be a bitch start, that if start. this 78-year-old man just hey. whipped the shit out of him. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, we start messing with his toupee. Stop right. with this toupee shit, all right? All right. What do you want me to say? You want me to say wig? Get, get that. <laughs> you can't even raise your arm. Anyway. So, we, 
we had Jose Cardinal was going to take the roll of toilet sure tissue and submerge it in the commode. Oh, bullshit. You know, Seriously. No, no, no. You are, well, you weren't oh, even around. So how of course, you know? if I wasn't around, how could you be doing you that shit? You were out on the field. So how would you know? Oh, maybe, maybe you were in your prop. Oh, you, oh you, guys were, you guys were screwed around with my gamer. Yes, we were screwed Oh, it's the gamer. gamer. Not my one I wore out at night. I don't know which one you wore out at night. It was only one wig up there. So you're telling me you had another Oh, go on with the bullshit. Go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> uh, see what I got to put up with? You know, and he's telling me, maybe you should have had more ground balls hit to me. Yeah, come all the way to fucking Chicago to hear this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Pepe, how about the time, how about the time in, uh, I think you said it was Washington, you were out on the field, and all of a sudden they go on to play the national anthem. Oh, bullshit, you too, man. You know what? I don't believe this shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> Robin. You provide it. You ready to go? Let's get out of here, bro. Right. <laughs> you provide a lot of... I don't want to hear that bullshit. Hey, when they start calling the national anthem, Pepe's got some... Look who's talking about wigs. Look that head on that motherfucker. He, huh? he's, I got he's, one for him. He's laying his head on the, on the guy like this so oh. he can cover his head. <laughs> so he doesn't have his hairpiece on. <laughs> I guess that's a lie, too, huh? <laughs> Another fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know where you guys come up with that story. Uh, this is my own hair. <laughs> Hold on one second, you guys. We got a. We actually we're not lying here. We actually have a guy calling. Do me a favor. In. Do me a favor. What's his name? Eli. We have a guy calling in long distance. Let's put him on the line real quick. Let's give it up, everybody, for Miggy Montero. Club for Harvard. Montero. Go ahead, Mickey. <laughs> Who's Mickey Montero? Mickey, go ahead. What does he have to do on this engagement over here? There's an old catcher. He said, Happy oh, New Year for everyone. Let's ask a question. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Fonda. We got everybody here. We want to hear you. I mean, what kind of I want to hear this question. How old is Mickey? What's his name, Mickey? Licky? Ricky? Why, oh, you got a problem with that? Mickey? Mickey? Go ahead, Mickey. What's he want to ask this guy? Why is he calling in? It's a call in show. It's not coming in through the cell phone, but Mickey Montero, let's give it up for him! Sorry, Joe. What's going on? Who's Mickey? Who's where is he? <laughs> Miguel Miguel Montero. Where is he? Well, he was he was calling in. He wanted to let us know that he wanted us to party hard at Club Four Hundred tonight. Ah. Too late. Son of a bitch probably died. Pepe can't party hard. Yeah, he can. Not in his mind. What else you want to know? Any questions? Anybody have any questions? You must have questions. How about how you about questions? You're gonna listen to this bullshit all night. <laughs> hey, Pepe. Hey, Ray. I would like you to tell the story about the, uh, you know, the incident on the mound. If you could do that. Seriously? Oh, I, I, I think it's the greatest story ever. Seriously. What's that? There, there was an incident that I experienced <laughs> in Wrigley Field. Keep in mind, my cuisine during the, the season was Italian cuisine because of the carbohydrates. I ate pizza, lasagna, fettuccine alfredo, linguine, 
Didn't know I knew that, did you? No, I didn't even know you were Italian. No, I wasn't. <laughs> so that was my cuisine. So one night before my start, I had a taste for Mexican food. So I went out and had some enchiladas, some burritos. You better be uh, careful. Some flojitas. And the next day I'm starting, and I get this situation in the third inning where I got the bases loaded and nobody out. So I come up with this genius idea. And I got it from Nolan Ryan. You know how Nolan Ryan, when he would throw the ball, he would grunt. <laughs> so I come up with this ingenious idea that I was going to throw this pitch and I was going to grunt. Well, I did it, and the hitter flinched. Strike one. He had never heard me do that. So I'm like, ooh, I like this. So I do it again. He flinched, strike two. Do it again. He flinched, strike three. Right? <clears throat> I got one out, bases loaded. Now I'm thinking if I get a ground ball, it's a double play, I'm out of the inning. I throw the pitch and I grunt. Well, at that time in my career, I would walk between halfway between home plate and the pitcher's mound to retrieve the ball from the catcher. And as I'm walking back to the mound, I get on the mound and I look down, and Steve Swisher is catching, and Bruce Froman is the umpire, and they're laughing. <laughs> so I'm thinking that was a year of streaking, that maybe somebody is streaking on the field. So I'm looking to center field. I don't see no streakers. <laughs> And for some reason, I looked at third base, and I see Matlock, when he's laughing. I'm like, what the hell? So I called Matlock over to the mound, and I said, Bunzi. That's what we call him, Bunzini. He had more ass than Van Camp had pork and beans. <laughs> so I said, Bunzini, what's going on? He said, Raybone, I don't know what you did on that last pitch, but you got an oil slick in your pants. <laughs> No problem, being the professional that I am. I go back to the mound, I get this ingenious idea. I'm gonna throw this pitch and pretend I fall and roll in the dirt and let the dirt <laughs> blend in with the white pinstripes of the Chicago Cubs home uniform, which I did. And I rolled around and I mean, it blended right in. The problem with that, I get out there and I go in, change uniform, get a game, I get through five innings, I get the win. Jack Brickhouse is interviewing me on post game. And Jack says, Raybone, he said, in that third inning, you had a predicament. I say, how's that, Jack? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we had a lot of callers calling in and said uh, something happened in your dexterior. <laughs> 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 So I start, you know, I'm calm as a cucumber. I'm telling you. I said, Jack, sometimes things happen on the mound that we have to turn the page. <laughs> I continued to pitch because I was in a predicament, and I had to come up with an idea to get out of the inning and, and minimize the damage, and I was able to do that. And Jack is laughing his fanny off, and I'm, I'm just as cool, as calm as I can be. So that was the last time I had Mexican food. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. It's well, let me a tell shame. You, let me it is a shame that you don't know what happened to you at that point in time. It's a shame. Kiss my hillbilly face. Well, if I poop in my pants, I'm going to know it, pal. I ain't tell you that right now. 
Well, I didn't know it. I, I know you didn't know didn't it. Know. That's what I'm saying. Well, I you know, was... when you think about it, when a person is concentrating on what he's got to do, you ain't oh, paying attention to the exterior. Oh, kiss my hillbilly face. Well, you may know that you... you... This is one you're shitty panning. conversation. It is a <laughs> shitty conversation. Joe, I got I got I got uh, want you to tell this story. This is the, the one story I wanted you to tell about. The, the brownie story, more just like... I was going to tell it till he said about his stuff. <laughs> He had magic food. I had a brownie one day. <laughs> now, if you understand brownies, I mean, I mean, some people here smoke something, right, once in a while? But you ever put it in a brownie? Yeah. So I had a couple Animal? of this. No. <laughs> I had to play a doubleheader, and a friend of mine came over to the house. And brought a, he cooked this bunch of brownies. He was living in my building, so me, nobody was talking about it. Me and my friend ate the whole plate. <laughs> So now I was brownie out for three days. <laughs> I mean, this is what it did to you, you know, just stayed in your system. And I'm playing center field. Jack Briss House is calling the game. But I knew everything was in slow motion, but I knew exactly what was going on, you know. I knew this is the way it's supposed to be, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, line driver said to me, the guys on second base taking up to the guy on third base taking up to go to home. I get a line drive to me and it's coming at me slow. I catch the ball, I wound up, and I let it go. And all I heard was Jack Brickhouse <laughs> in the upper deck saying, Watch it! <laughs> I tuned into the radio booth. <laughs> but I saw it all the way. <laughs> and Jack Brickhouse was going like this, you know, and it was right by his head. That's a true story. Oh, but I, and I managed to finish the game. I went up to Randy. I said, Randy, am I pitching this inning? <laughs> <laughs> but that was said good days, man. And you know, she could, that's what I did. I, so what? He got such good food, I do brownies. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you a good story. All right. This was 1976. Randy was our catcher, 1976. I got off to a slow start. I don't know if you remember this. I'm I remember. Four, I'm four wins and ten losses at the All-Star break. Four and ten. My first game is in San Diego. Complete game. I lose the game two to one on Gene Richards jumping over Randy and tagging home plate. And I'm now four and eleven. We're on the bus going to Los Angeles. I'm on the bus. I'm looking at the schedule trying to figure out how many starts I got left. I had 15 starts left at that point in time. Randy comes back on the bus and sits next to me. And he says, Raybone, how many starts you got left? I said, 15. He said, how many do you think you can win? I said, 11. He said, okay, we're going to go 11, 2, and 2. You remember that? I finished 15 and 13. This man right here showed the confidence in me and came to me and asked me what I thought. I thought that was pretty special. I never forgot that. Neither have I. I mean, I like what you think about him. I mean, he deserves all that stuff. He does. Well, that was the kind of individual he was. That's the kind of athlete he was. He was a thinking man's catcher. And when, when my first year in the big leagues in 1973, Whitey Lockman, for some reason, would always bring me in. And I remember in San Diego... I hated that guy, man. In San Diego, he brought me in because Bill Greif was hitting 
people. Hit Santa. I don't know why you liked him so much. He was the worst thing in the world, man. Well, he gave that, me the ball, so that's all yeah, I care about. He gave me the ball, man. He got rid of me. So <laughs> I asked you 316, the son of a bitch, as hey. you played second squad. I ain't played no second squad. You know, and I remember Randy was back there. That Randy, man. Let me tell you about Randy Hunley. Wait a minute. Let me finish my story. No, you already told the story. I'm not even done with the story. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tell the story. You ought to be. Anyway, we get really the first hitter special. out, and Bill Greif is the next hitter. So Randy comes out to the mound. Randy had a way of pissing me off. Piss everybody off. No, it was just his, his, the way he would say boy <laughs> to a brother <laughs> pissed me off. And it was he, always with a little B, too. With a little B. It wasn't a big B. No, and he come out to the mound. Look here, boy. <laughs> I want you to put this boy on all fours. You hear me, boy? <laughs> and my veins and my neck, oh, seriously, my veins and my neck would just start to swell. And I picked out Bill Greif's chin and I knocked him down. But one thing he would do, he would always compliment. Hello, baby, boy. <laughs> i tell you what, what he used to do. You finished? No. I don't want to interrupt you anymore. I'm sorry. Randy. I'm it's really not that nice of a guy. <laughs> I love him, but he's not that nice of a guy. He used to, like you said, Randy, piss you off. Oh, he pissed me off. I'd be playing center field, and uh, he would go like this. Get up, baby, baby. <laughs> and I go this way. <laughs> I go this way. And he go, no, 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 this way, this way, this way. <laughs> and I go this way again. He go this way. I would not do it. He get up, just throw his hands up like that. And then come in and say, why do you do that, man? He, why the hell? <laughs> he was a pain in the ass, really. I'm telling you, I really, I love the guy, but he is a pain in the ass because you don't curse. I hate that, first of all. <laughs> you can't say anything. The worst thing he, in his vocabulary is, blooming idiot. Blooming, 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 blooming idiot. idiot. Blooming sucker. But he's a good man. He's helped me a lot. Yeah. He's helped me a great deal. I love Randy Huntley. Do I have to pay you the rest of the money? I owe you. <laughs> well, the thing I liked about Randy, he would—he knew how to get the most out of me, and that's what I liked. If he—if he had to piss me off, that was okay, because I thought I'd kill Jim Lombard that one day when they had the, that picture of him and that ball going between his head and helmet. Mm -hmm. All I know is that I, I didn't listen to him one year, and I hit three sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> Just to listen to him. Yeah. I thought Whitey was. I didn't talk about hitting. I talked about defense and getting hitters out. He is a sick mother. Thank you. Thank you. I tell him. What am I supposed to say? No, Betty, I'm wrong. He's right. I don't um, mind being. I've been seventy. I've been seventy. I'm seventy-eight years old. I've been sick for seventy-eight years. I love every minute of it. I hope you all do too. Yes. Enjoy yourself. Life is light. Don't hurt nobody. Love your neighbor, man. And that's. I love my neighbor a lot, but I got a lot of trouble for that shit. <laughs> I mean, just love people, baby. I love you, Ray. I know you, you don't know. have to like me. No, you I, know. Let, let me just share something with you real quickly. When we first traded for Joe Pepitone. I happened to be in a hospital, was dehydrated, et cetera, et cetera. 
And <clears throat> now I'm in a hospital watching Joe Pepitone play in the Chicago Cub uniform. I'm thinking, what the crap have we gone to? <laughs> now we've got to go on a road trip. We're going to San Francisco. Everybody's on the plane, and all of a sudden they're getting ready to close the door, and here comes Pepe down the runway, acting like a gay person. <laughs> what do you mean acting? With the shoulder per What do you mean acting? <laughs> <laughs> with the shoulder purse hanging over his arm and he's running down and flipping his hand and saying, oh, hold the plane, hold the plane. <laughs> I'm thinking, now I'm sitting right here and here's the door that comes into the plane. There's an empty seat beside me. He goes all the way to the back of the plane and he can't find a seat. He just wants everybody to see him acting like a gay person holding that purse over his shoulder. He was like just hey, away from me. I'm telling you, I was frightened. Because I was afraid he was going to end up in this seat right beside me. I want to tell you, for four hours I laughed at this mother. He was the funniest thing I'd ever been around in my life. Now he takes me back and he, he wanted a room with me. <laughs> right after that, he says, Joe, please, tell Leo I want you. <laughs> I'm telling you, talk about me being a fan. He was like this. <laughs> I loved him anyway. I'm not going to tell, tell you what happened, but... The, he was a piece of work. We we were doing card tricks with Jack Brickhouse, you know, guys. He'd say, now "I'm going to throw these card this card up, and and, and it's going to stick up there." And he says, "I want you to put it up there so they don't see it." And, and I won't put the card up because I want him to. He comes around in the front. I'm doing the trick. He comes around the front. Says, "What do you want me to put there?" <laughs> But I love him, man. I love I dig distortion. So uh, this uh, that's funny. You have a good night tonight, so everybody so far, right? Do you really? Now get the hell out of here. Go home. Leave us alone. I want to go to bed. <laughs> Thank any you very much. Any of you have any All questions? Any of you have any questions? Now, you guys played in a golden era of baseball, a lot of Hall of Famers. Yes. Who out of all of, for each of you, which player that you saw Hall of Famer really just impressed you, really, you really loved to just watch on a day-to-day -day basis? I'll tell you who I like, really. But when I first came up, even when I was a kid playing in the park, my favorite ball player, and he could do everything. He could do everything. He was Al Kaline. I loved the way he played the game. He could run, he could throw, he could hit. He's smart, he knew the game. And uh, that was my favorite. My favorite was uh, Billy Williams. When, when the, to watch him hit, he did something to me my first year in the big league, Billy Williams did. <clears throat> we opened up the season against the Mets. 
use that. Take it easy. Um, <laughs> you just did three uh, heavy I was, I was 19 when I first watched him in uh, my freshman year in college. Uh, <clears throat> but um, he told me the sequences that Tom Seaver was going to throw to him and what he was going to do on a 3-2 pitch on a backdoor slider. He was going to hit it out of the ballpark down the right field line. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay. So I'm monitoring this. He gets the 3-2 count, slider, backdoor slider. He pulls it down the right field line for a home run. As he comes back by me in the dugout, he just winks. He said, Ray Bone, that's the way you play this game. I'm like, okay. I got some work to do. You know what used to piss me off about Billy Williams? He always come up to play. He would spit and hit the and hit the spit, spit every time. And, the, and always hit the spit. Always. I tried it forty thousand times. I missed the spit by this much, <laughs> all the time. Right, Benny? Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't hit it. Spit. It better thrown a. Every time I spit, it went down. Come up, you couldn't have hit it. My spit was like a curveball. <laughs> Billy Williams had a fastball spit. Yeah. Now, if I had a fastball spit, I could hit that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but that curveball fucked me up. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> it messed a lot of people up. It did. What, wait, what did it do to you, Peppy? What? <laughs> what did it do See, to me? I don't know what the crap he's Let saying. me tell you something. Nolan Ryan, all those hard pitchers, ran. What? Hard pitchers, those hard throwers. Yes. Nolan Ryan, two grand slammers, three home runs. Forget about it. They didn't get nothing past you. Good thing I never faced you. Yeah. What about? I knock you out, man. I knock you out. <laughs> I, I love Ray. I tell you what, Pepe. When I first came with the Cubs, I loved you, man. I'll you know you what, that. Pepe. We got along good. You the, you the then he told me, don't you come around my neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> you might have gotten me, Pepe. I but never it, got you. I never I know, got I you. I know, I never faced me. But I'm saying, hey, you. knock me down? You're damn right. <laughs> With this nose? With that nose. <laughs> I'd have hit it, too. Come on, man. You stopped. Don't, don't, you're I, in my neighborhood you, no, now. No, no, no. Are you going to knock I, me down in New York? I'd have hit you right here in your rear. Oh, don't when you when I love that pain. <laughs> I love that pain you hit me here, man. <laughs> hey, Randy. Randy, you thought he hit me. How many times I got hit? What? <laughs> well, you think this is normal? No. Well, that, it was back in that day. Nowadays. You know, I don't like these young kids, man. I tell you, man, these young kids are cocky. Look. No. Randy. What? Hey, Joe. Joe. Yeah, yes, sir. My, my friend Danny McClain wanted me to ask you this question. Oh, was. shut up. Uh, <laughs> you were Danny McClain. He wants, he wants to know. I don't want to hear Danny McClain. I knocked the hell out of all the time. He wants Let me to tell know. you the story. He Let wants, me tell okay. the story. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I don't like you. <laughs> Put him in a bathroom. <laughs> Danny McLean, Mickey Mantle was going for his 535th home run. Oh, ladies, will you keep quiet? Hey, miss. Hey, slow down over there. Slow down over there. Mickey Mantle was going for his 535th home run, right? To pass Ty Ted Williams. Play in Detroit. McLean's on the mound. They're beating us 11 nothing, the eighth inning. McLean looks at Bill Freeman, who's the catcher, and goes, Oh, take it easy over there. Who's that? I'm telling him it's so loud. I'm trying to tell him. It's, you're the only one that's loud. <laughs> <laughs> Go sit down. 
I know you, I know you own this place, but go sit okay. down. <laughs> right? So McLean's pitching. He calls Bill Freeman out to the mound. He goes, and this is TV. He tells Bill, he says, listen, I'm going to give Mickey the pitch to hit. Let him hit it out. Let him nothing. First pitch, boom, right down the middle. Mickey steps out. He goes, Jesus, you know, like 50 miles an hour. <laughs> so uh, Bill Fe- Mick, uh, McLean looks at he, he looks at uh, McLean, Mickey, and he looks at goes a little further outside. This is a true story. <laughs> Next pitch, boom, he fouls up right to Freedom. Freedom looks at the ball, drops right in front of me, lets it bounce. I'm on deck watching this stuff. Now. I said, look at this shit, man. <laughs> Sure enough, the next pitch, Mickey goes like this, boom, over the over the right field uh, wall, right? Sense, over the stadium, out of the stadium. I get up, and I'm looking at McLean. So I go, really airman. <laughs> Fastball? He goes, no. He goes, no. I go, this is true. He goes, curveball? He goes, no. I go, knock my helmet. Oh. Indiana helmet. Knock me down. My hairpiece went to the third base side. My helmet went that way. I didn't know what to grab first because there were three broads in the stands that I liked. So I had to get the hair first, put it on my foot. And then, and then, and then my helmet was here. My hairpiece was sideways. It's a true story. Next pitch, I got a base hit. How's that, huh? That's a true story. Except for the hairpiece. <laughs> this is my own hair, if you believe it or not. Yeah, shut, up. shut up, you. Buy it. Hey, Randy. Randy. What? I want to race. <laughs> I go to camp. If I go to camp this year, Randy's going to duck my salary. I'm asking for a raise for the last 20 years. <laughs> and the only raise I got, he kicked me in the backside. <laughs> Who was, who was your... I had a good night tonight, man. I don't care about anybody else. I had a good time. Hey, ho, 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 ho. No, I'm sorry. We want to hear who's Randy's favorite... I'm enjoying this tonight. I've, that doesn't... We want to hear who Randy's favorite player to answer his question. My oh, favorite player? Yeah. I originally was with the San Francisco Giants. Okay, that's enough. And thank you very much. <laughs> And Willie Mays is, without a doubt, the best player I think I've ever seen. Besides Joe Pepitone. Hey, you won't fit into that blooming chair. Stu, I he think he's the out of control. Sickest Stu. mother I have ever yeah. known. Perfect. I, I love you, but you are a sick mother. <laughs> now this could only happen to a guy like me. And only happen in a town like this. So may I say to each of you, most gratefully, as I throw each one of you a kiss, this is my 
Chicago is my kind of people too. People test, who test, test. How are we doing smile at you and each time I roam Chicago is calling me home Chicago is why I just grin like a clown it's my kind of town Chicago is 